Welcome back to the DC Yoga Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Parkinson, uh, and today we have Mimi Rieger in the studio. Uh, Mimi began practicing yoga in 1998 and has been teaching for over 15 years. Her physical journey began with ballet at the age of four, through her teens, and progressed to martial arts and yoga to the present day. Mimi teaches with a strong, compassionate, yet practical manner, encouraging students to adventure, explore, and progress past their existing physical paths and practices. Mimi was registered through Yoga Alliance and received her yoga certification in 2003 at the Ashtanga Yoga Center in Washington, D.C. with David Ingalls. Over the years, she has studied and been certified in various yoga traditions and various martial arts. Her yoga path began with Ashtanga, and she continued to explore the lineage while branching off into Budokan. Uh, in 2009, she received her Progressive Ashtanga certification. In 2010, she received her Rocket Vinyasa Yoga certification with David Kyle and has also completed Forest Yoga Advanced Teacher Training and a Reiki certification, or Reiki certification. Welcome to the podcast, Mimi. Hi, Chris. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, so yeah, you've uh, you've studied a lot over the years, a lot of different, a lot of different trainings. Yeah, I'm pretty curious. I've always been really curious. And I think I did. I read this somewhere. You just did a Yin teacher training too. Did you just do a Yin one as well? I'm on my way to do a Yin one. Yeah. Um, I I love Yin, and I kind of see my body and my kind of my teaching leaning is leaning towards that a little bit yeah down the line yeah um is that because what your that your body is really really <laughs> needs that now after all the years of hardcore ashtanga practice i mean i would say yes and i think my mind kind of needs it i need yeah. some i need some you know my new journey i feel like i rediscover myself every I said this the other day, every seven years, I seem to have some sort of a transformation or a metamorphosis. And I'm in that right now. I'm trying to figure out what that is. But I've got some, I've got some feelers out there for myself and some things that I'm attracted to. And um, mm -hmm. I'll still always have a really strong will and a, a really like valued work ethic for my physicality and for the way that I teach. But um, I'm leaning in a little bit on the softer side. Yeah, it was um, Angela was just in here, and she was telling us that um, basically the past year she's become the best yoga instructor she's ever been, just yeah. in the past year. Yeah. Um, and I kind of commented that uh, really professional yoga instructors, every year you kind of say that. Yeah. Like each year <laughs> yeah. you look back and you say, oh, you know, I'm now, you know, now just becoming a yoga instructor. Yeah. You know, like, so you've been doing it for a really long time, and yet you keep you keep finding new ways to express yourself in teaching. Um, yeah. I think that you have to do that. If for no other reason, then you go crazy, right? A hundred percent. I think it's so important to keep it fresh and, you know, still teaching maybe the same stuff, but with a different perspective and a new, maybe a new zest for life. Like I took some time off this summer mm -hmm. to value uh, like kind of the, the, all the hard work that I've been doing over the years, and it was really hard for me to take time off. Um, but I did, and I came back renewed and refreshed and ready to rock. And uh, so, I don't know. I've just been super inspired this year. And I don't know if it's, you know, I had a like a really fantastic teacher training group this year. I always have amazing teacher trainees. Mm -hmm. um, but for this year, because I think my heart was a little bit more open, and I'm op more open in a different way, um, I've just, I'm much more receptive and therefore I'm, I'm a little softer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you think? Um, what's the, so before this summer, what was the longest you went without teaching a yoga class? Oh my, the longest. Yeah. 
Because here's what here's the thing. Like I like sometimes when I go on vacation, like around day four, and I, we we went over this last time too with Angela. But around day four, I'm sort of like, all right, I needed to be telling somebody how, what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like I I need to like I need to be teaching somebody something. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. I I guess I, I really I love to teach, and I feel like that is where I'm I'm currently most valuable. I might find something that feeds my spirit a little bit more down the line, but right now I'm just completely filled up with teaching. I love it. Um, and I remember I was stranded in, in Houston last summer when um, the big flood came, and my mom is 84. She was 84 years old at the time, and I was teaching her how to do bridge pose. And it was like three three days into the you know into the flood, and I was like, well, "We got to do some stuff around here. We can't just sit around and do nothing. <laughs> you know, we've got to move. Yeah, you know." And so we started moving. Um, but yeah, but I, I will I will not tell a lie. I like to take time off. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that's not true yeah you know i do like to decompress um what uh take us back if you can do you remember when you got into yoga do you remember when you were first starting out i do i do um let's see i i moved to dc when i was in uh let's see in my early kind of mid-20s and i um was dating a guy we were living in houston texas and mm -hmm. he moved up here and i moved up here to follow him and Long story short, that didn't work out, and so he left, and I got into kickboxing and taekwondo, and I was big into the martial arts. I had some anger issues, obviously, I need to work through, <laughs> and uh, and then that took me to uh, took me to yoga, ashtanga, because I wanted something equally as as vigorous and rigorous, um, you know, the same as you know taekwondo and martial arts. So mm -hmm. I found that in ashtanga, and um, I took my first class and. I loved it, and I walked out of that room thinking, okay, well, I finally found something that's just for me. And I, yeah. you know, it wasn't, you know, this is a long, long time ago. There wasn't a lot of yoga around then back yeah. in D.C. You know, maybe two or three studios. Yeah, it was basically, right, it was basically, um, right, Schumacher teaching, like, Iyengar, and there was a Bikram studio and, like, DuPont Circle. and mm -hmm. um, Stronger Yoga Center. In, yeah. Yep, up in Northwest, and maybe maybe tranquil space and maybe another one uh in virginia mm -hmm. um but not a ton back then yeah. yeah yeah it's really crazy so you basically were been here since the beginning of the <laughs> kind of yoga in dc craze yeah i mean it was it was um it was fun i didn't i didn't realize that i didn't realize that it was going to take off as really as much as it has and um i'm delighted that it has but i you know, you never really know. Right. So what were you doing at the time? What were you, like, what was your job at the time? You obviously weren't a yoga teacher at the time. I was, uh, I was working for a lobbying firm, if you can believe that. I was working in politics. And uh, so did that for some years and just had my regular yoga practice. And then I really started getting more and more um, interested in, in, you know, in teaching and my life was changing before my very eyes. My confidence was building. My, my body was getting stronger. My resilience, my, you know, just everything. I just felt like a better human being, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing it all on my own. No one else had, you know, told me to go take this class. And it was just my thing. Yeah. And um, so from there, I did my training and uh, in 2003. And I moved into event planning. So I really, I had some, you know, a lot of jobs throughout the time. Um, before I became a full-time yoga teacher, but I was always teaching on the side. I found something when I was doing business of yoga with my teacher trainees the other day. 
I looked at my resume, my yoga resume from like 2004. I had my full-time job. I was teaching 11 classes on top of my full-time job. Wow. Like when you first graduated. When I first graduated. So yeah. you so you pretty much, you went into training thinking you were going to teach. Like I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I just, because I, I just wanted to share. I just wanted to share the gifts that I had received. Mm-hmm. You know, it just made me feel like I'm just much better yeah. about everything. And so what, what point was it like, all right, I'm going to make this a career. Like I'm going to stop doing the daytime stuff and I'm just going to do yoga full time. Do you remember when that happened? Or well, thinking about it or did it just sort of happen? I thought about it all the time, to be honest, but I just couldn't quite figure out how to make the finances work out, work out, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a big leap. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was slowly but surely, you know, this is over a course of, you know, let's see, uh, if I did my certification, got my certification in 2003, I went full-time in uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. So over the course of about six years, I really started building up different programming and workshops and that sort of thing where I was putting a lot of, um, you know, putting money away, a nest egg for when I did finally take the leap. Mm -hmm. So that's around, it took me about six years to really have the gumption and the courage to do it. And so I finally did it. But I had a, you know, I had a few different jobs down the line, you know, throughout that process. Mm -hmm. But the yoga part was the part that kept me in those kind of jobs that I didn't feed my spirit at all. Yeah. Just to kind of just, I would just make that money to keep the, you know, keep the lights on Mm -hmm. and then would leave, leave, you know, my jobs and go to yoga, be in my, my happy place. Where did you first start teaching? I taught my very first yoga class at Sport and Health Club in Northwest. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Where was that? Is it, is it still there? Yeah, it's still there. there. It's right at, it's in uh, like uh, Friendship Heights. Okay. It's like right off of uh, Wisconsin Avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's this beautiful light-filled um, yoga space. And myself and Hawa and Terrence, all these, you know, old school yoga teachers mm-hmm. were teaching at this little old gym. But it was like the first place where they really had like a yoga program. Yeah. Um, because there weren't a lot of studios. And if there were studios, they were, you know, hiring the teachers that were coming from their programs or, you know, from their schools. Mm-hmm. You know, Iyengar, Shanga, whatever. Um, so, yeah. That's that's really that's fascinating. I mean, it totally is. Yeah. Um, I, just to think about the amount of yoga that you I mean, you can go to any gym and they'll have a pretty good yoga program in D.C. You can go you can find a studio in Northwest anyway, just about anywhere. Um, and or any government building yeah. with a basement. Exactly. Or a wellness room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's so funny how it's grown. And that's, you know, 15 years, not even. Right. Um, which I know sounds like a really long time if you're 25 years old, but. But it's saturated, <laughs> but the, you know, but it's, I, I don't mean saturated in a bad way. I mean, saturated in a very good way. The more yoga we have, the better. The better we are, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so are you still teaching there? Uh, no. No. No, I'm not. But um, many, many an old school yoga teacher have passed through those doors. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. A lot of people. A rite of passage for yeah. these yogis. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you became a full time in ten years ago, twelve years ago, about. Yeah. Yeah, about ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how many classes a week were you were you doing then? Was it was your goal just to kind of like teach as many classes as you could to get the to keep the heat on, as you said, or was it? <laughs> the heat. That's correct. Right yes. now, because yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, for me, I came from making a good salary and I felt like I didn't 
know any other way not to earn money because I didn't want to take a dip. And so I just worked my face off right. for like the first three or four years, really worked my face off. And, but, you know, coming from having the full-time job, the nine to five or the nine to five thirty, and then teaching until nine thirty at night, um, it, it didn't run me down because it was the five thirty to nine thirty section of my life that was really like lighting, you know, I was lit up from the inside when I was teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to like do the job that just paid the bills but when I went to full-time, and I was teaching probably, I don't know, at one point, maybe 28 classes a, a week. Whew, 28. Yeah. It wasn't until just about six years ago that I started having an actual day off. Right. Yeah. You were teaching seven days a week. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, that's burning hardcore right I know, there. I know. You know, and you know, people think I'm insane, but you know what? I really enjoy it. Yeah. I really, really, truly enjoy it. You know, but I'm, I'm the first to admit that I need to take time off. Like I need to go and, you know, have a two week vacation every now and then or yeah. a three week. I took 11 weeks off this summer and it was too much. Yeah. By the last like five weeks, I was pulling my hair out. <laughs> I was like, I need to work. I think everybody does that, though, no yeah. matter what profession you're in. Yeah. yeah. 11 weeks off will do that to you. Yeah. Um, so you started out actually. So you actually started out doing martial arts before you ever did yoga. I did. What were you? What were you doing? What kind of martial arts? Taekwondo, mm -hmm. and it was you know it was a really like a really serendipitous kind of interesting thing. When I when I um, first started martial arts with this amazing man Pat Mallon, there's still a lot of people that are around the city that I see, you know, all the time that actually take my yoga classes. We were all there together, and they were we were all martial artists, and now they're a bunch of them are yogis because mm -hmm. their bodies are aging. You kind of just want to keep going. Yep. You want to keep moving. But you need to tone it down a little bit. Um, but there's still that fire. So they're always like in the strong classes, you know. Um, so martial arts was really my first foray into um, a disciplined type, um, you know, physical, you know, something physical that was very disciplined. I always, I did, I did every, you know, every fitness craze known to man back in the 80s and the 90s, like anything. Step aerobics. Tell us like your a, most you know, embarrassing oh one. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I never, I don't know if I had an embarrassing one. <laughs> I mean, I could do the, the step class one. with the, with the, with the champs. I mean, I love the step class. I yeah. love the spinning before there was soul cycle back in the olden days, mm -hmm. like real spinning, yeah. you know? So, um, I don't know. I've tried everything once, at least once. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, so what did you, like, what did you, how did the, how did that instill the discipline in you? Like the, the martial arts? Um, just, you really have to, just you have to practice. You have to practice and it, or, or it doesn't, you know, or you're not going to advance. You're not going to excel. You know, you're not going to be able to show up for your partner. You're not going to show up to be able to, you know, to break a board or to finish your kata, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, at a time when I was a little wishy-washy in my emotional and um, kind of, you know, I was still quite young, you know, I was like in my middle 20s and I was just finding myself. And so it was mm -hmm. the first time I found something that gave me discipline that I really wanted to do. Right. You know, if you asked me to run two miles, I'd, I wouldn't want to do that for you. But if you asked me to punch some bags for an hour, I'll do that for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You just got to find what lights you up. Yeah, that's true. You know? Um, and 
was the connection, did you find the sort of same connection, um, I guess, psycho-emotionally, I'd say, when you when you first started doing yoga? Was that it? Were you like, okay, this is a good combination of physicality and um, and focus and uh, yet rigor at the same time? Was that kind of like translated that way? It was. It was, you know... You know, there, there are all different ways to find yourself in, in yoga. You know, some, for some it's meditation, for some it's breath. For me, it's like from the physical, from the outside in, and then the inside out, mm-hmm. you know. And anything that we're, if, I've met, if I'm met with a challenge, anything that, you know, scares me to death or makes me work outside of my comfort zone, then I am intrigued. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Ashanga Yoga did for me. Yeah. And it also offered me a lot of gifts, you know, I mean, I was I was natural at some things, naturally able at some things, and some things, not so much. Did you do Did you do the Mysore practice? Were you every day like I did, and that was part of the, when I did my teacher training program. We were yeah. required to do Mysore, um, and uh, yeah, I had a really you know my teacher, my first teacher, he was amazing, and you know he called a spade a spade. You know, he just he was he was tough, and I. I loved that about him. Mm-hmm. He called me out more than 22 times at least, you know, <laughs> called me down, called me out, you know, had heard I was in a bar drinking and smoking one, you know, one night and followed me out to my car and said, if you're going to be in my yoga room, you're not going to be up to doing, you're not going to be doing that. That's what's up right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just followed me way on out of my, out to my car. I'm like, how are you? You know, like, what are you doing, Dave? He's like, I need to talk to you. I'm like, what are you talking about? I need to talk to you. I know what you were doing last night. I was like, hmm, well, you're right about that, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like I was trying to burn the candle. I still burn the candle. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, you know, when your teacher tells you you need to clean it up, then you take it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so what uh, what got you into, I guess, um, wanting to do teacher trainings? Wow. You know, a couple things. Um, again, I'm very goal-oriented, and I... Like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I love to meet a challenge and I love to do things that scare me to death. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, maybe over the course of a couple of years, people ask me, will you do a teacher training program? Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I can't write a curriculum. I'm I mean, pretty that sure is, I was one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, come on now. Like, and then I was like, well, gosh, if people continue to ask me, they're maybe, maybe that might be not, you know, that might be not, whatever. Let me start again. That might not be such a bad idea. Right. Um, so at the time, I was an ambassador for Lululemon, and um, they sent me to this ambassador's conference in Vancouver. And that's the one thing I love. I mean, I love so many things about Lululemon. They've been really good to me over the years. But one of the major things, I love their goal system. They really are, like, really great on, like, goals mm-hmm. and crushing goals and encouraging you to be your best. And so I went there, and my goal, my one-year goal was to – hold a teacher training program and I was there in I think April and by September of that year I had a full teacher training program yeah so yeah but I mean I didn't I didn't expect that to be the case I didn't know how long it would take but I had a great team you know my friend Lena who you know very well Mm -hmm. and this other great um, friend of mine Katie we borrowed my uh, one of my clients' beach houses, and we went to the beach house for four days straight and just wrote a curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Bang it out. That's that was the only it. way. I mean, we had, you know, it took us some time to edit and all that sort of stuff, but sure. we got the meat of that time. 
And unfortunately, those poor girls didn't even see the beach. I was like, we can see the beach when we get page 287 finished. And then right. we can look at the beach. We can open up the door <laughs> yeah, and get some exactly. of the salt air. <laughs> we didn't have any free time. I think I took them out to dinner on the last night and let them like look at the waves on our way out of town. Yeah. You know, but bless their souls. It was great. I mean, and now Lena has her own program. And I think Katie probably is on her way to having her own program as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's been what? This is like you just got done with your fifth one, maybe? This is, I just graduated my sixth your one. Sixth one. Uh huh. Yeah. Last weekend. Uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And you do it, you do it every, it starts in August every year? It's is in it? September, September, September to January. To January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two weekends a month, 10 weekends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. I just, we, you know, we started our first one like last weekend and it's yeah. always like I always get really I always really get a lot of anxiety when it, when the three months prior you know I'm like oh this is going to be a disaster no one's going to sign up for this like what am I going to do and you know then when it finally the first week comes around it's like <sighs> yeah like I've what done, was I worried I, about you know what was I worried about <laughs> <laughs> exactly it all seems to come together there's some like you know nail-biting moments of it yeah. but then once you're at that first day of class you're like yeah I'm I'm he- I'm here exactly where I need to be. Yeah, yeah. And these and people are exactly. This is the time they need to be here. This is the year they need to be here. Mm-hmm. You know. That's great because they're all like sort of nervous and anxious, like you had been like the previous three months, uh, and y- and you're just like, all right, now it's time to have fun. Yeah. Now <laughs> now we're all together. Yeah. We're gonna rock this out. Um, so you did martial arts for a long time. Why didn't or or have you? I don't know. Why didn't you teach taekwondo? Why didn't you do? Why didn't you go that route as well, or in a, or in, instead of? Well, that's an interesting because what was happening with me with Taekwondo, and the reason why I segued over into Ashtanga is because throughout you know my entire formative years, I was jumping and kicking, and I was a cheerleader. I was doing all the stuff I was telling you about, all the aerobic stuff, and my knees were just shot. Mm. So when I was doing, I was advancing in Taekwondo, and I was doing like a lot of kicks and jump kicks and that sort of thing. It was really starting to take, take a toll on my on my knees yeah. and my ankles specifically, and uh, so I I kind of you know came off of that. But you know I was also you know found the the practice of Budokan, which is the yoga and martial arts and meditation um, fusion, and did that for many many years. And so I was able to like um, still have the fire of the of the of the Taekwondo mm-hmm. movement and have that, you know, muscle memory and that discipline. But I didn't have to go, I didn't have to worry about like progressing to a black belt in Taekwondo, which is like big time. Yeah, it know? is. Yeah. 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 But, but I progressed to my brown belt in Budokan. So, I mean, it was equally as rigorous, just different. I had the reprieve of yoga, which it wasn't easy yoga, but mm-hmm. I, at least I could nurture my body a little bit when not doing Taekwondo or Jiu-Jitsu, whatever we were, mm-hmm. you know, training at the time in, in Budokan. So you talked about your knees. Yeah. Tell us about all the other injuries you've gotten. <laughs> How oh many times have you torn your hamstring oh being an Ashtanga man. Well, that's, oh gosh, I had one. I, I just. I always ask that to people who practice Ashtanga. I'm like, how many times have you torn your hamstring? <laughs> I ripped that thing a couple times. The, one, the longest one was the, like a three and a half year hamstring tear that just took me forever. But the knees, to be honest, are the ones that are really, um, I've already had one knee surgery. I'm due for another one. Mm-hmm. And the last time I went to the doctor, they said I would have to have a meniscal transplant. And that sounded a little bit too aggressive. So I'm just hobbling around. I'm fine. I can do a lot of stuff. I just can't half lotus and do some things like that. Right. And really, do you need to do half lotus? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I'm happy the, just doing it every now and isn't then. Isn't that the great thing about injuries, though, is that like you kind of find out 
okay, I really don't need to do that pose to practice yoga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can still I can still be strong and I can still be sure, you know, agile and agile and, you know, flexible and not have to have lotus. But notice no shade on half lotus. It's a good posture. You know, they're all great postures, but they're yeah. just that. They're just postures, right? Yeah. Um uh when did so when Ashtanga's a pretty physical brand of yoga. Um when did you start to or maybe maybe you saw it from the beginning and it was a part of the curriculum. When did sort of the other aspects of yoga creep in? You know, like the, you know, the mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, maybe not just the mindfulness, but um, the philosophy, kind of the psychology of it. When did that sort of start to creep in? I would say, you know, in my, probably in the, like the, I don't know. I mean, I would say like third or fourth year of, um, of truly practicing you know, like discussing, you know, my teacher calling me out on my bad behavior off the mat and all that sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's hard not to have it kind of trickle into your, into your psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned, the physicality of it was really what was the, the gateway for me. And then things started to, to really like my practice, the eight limbs really started to take shape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting because I, I, I am such a physical teacher. I love to teach the physicality. I love to teach the asana because I love to see how people transform in their bodies and their mind from just just making a new shape or getting a new posture because mm-hmm. they've worked on it or mm-hmm. they didn't know their bodies could do that. And the same thing with like meditation and and breathing and that sort of thing. But I feel like the, the, the physical, the output of it, you can see it more readily mm-hmm. than the inside, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's why I still am very, I think, you know, as I, as I age and I, I chill out a little bit, you know, a little bit each year, um, hence the yin. Yeah. Um, but yin is hard. Yin is not an oh, easy yeah. practice. Oh yeah. You know, no, it's not easy to stay in a forward fold for five minutes, No. especially when your body wants to yeah. move and do push-ups. Yes. Right? Or, and like you're doing now, we talked about this pulling up. I mean, I need, if I don't start pulling up, I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> I, I mean, the pulling Mm-hmm. I've got to start working motions. on the pulling. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, even, um, yeah, it's, it's not a lot. I, tr- I try to get as much as I can into my yoga classes. I try to teach a sort of, you know, up dog or cobra where you get sort of like that pulling that yeah. you get a little bit of. I try to teach it, you know, whenever you're doing interlaced fingers behind your back or things like that to work those muscles back there. But in the end, those are just like isometric body weight holds that, when compared to doing something as vigorous as a, you know, a chaturanga, it doesn't build the muscles in the same way or, you know, that we need a lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, cross training. Mm. Yeah. You tried all the fitness crazes. <laughs> what, what have you, what did you, what have you tried recently or what did your, what, what was your favorite thing for a long time besides the yoga spinning or. I did spinning for a while. Um, I, I did a couple of years ago. I was really into Elevate. Um, yeah. that I like I liked that a lot. Yeah, and we then, love Elevate. Yeah, and yeah. then I, 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 you know, threw my hat in the ring for Cut Seven. I did that. Some of my students encouraged me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it, but I hated every minute of it because I was the <laughs> slowest one there. <laughs> and um, but I'm gonna go back. I'm, I messed my wrist up, but I I got an injection recently, so I'm much better. So I can get back mm-hmm. on my hands and do the sort of stuff that that Cut Seven does. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm really intrigued by this new um, gym they have out there. It's like all about um, handstands and gymnastics type. Have you done this one yet? Mm -hmm. I think it's called physicality. Uh -uh. Yeah, I think it's over kind of on that uh -huh. on the your side, um, over by the yards or that area of town. Mm -hmm. And it's you do all sorts of cool like gymnastics type um, drills, mm -hmm. like bars and rings. Stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds like my style. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Let's go together. Let's go together. Sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing you might try if you like um, is F45, if you haven't heard of that F45, before. F45, no. F4, there's one on U Street. Um, and I think they're opening up a couple more around the town. But it's sort of like Cut 7, but without as much running. Oh. It's basically just circuit training with like battle ropes and bikes and barbells and dumbbells. Um, and uh, basically every piece of gym equipment you can imagine, they set it up in a circle. Um, and they go from station to station to station in 45 minutes. And the thing is, you only spend uh, 35 to 45 seconds at each station. So oh. it keeps you moving the whole time. So you're not like sitting there doing one thing repetitively over yeah. and over again. Um, I'll give it a shot. It's I like cool. that. Are they sp how many people in a class? They can have up to 20 people in the class. Oh, wow, okay. But it actually it doesn't feel really crowded. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good workout. Um, it keeps you moving in basically all ranges of motion. Lots of pulling, lots of pushing. Um, everything gets worked. Um, do you do you, do you have your own yoga practice at home? I do. I don't. I don't practice at home, but I go practice at a studio, and I go practice in a studio where I, no one really knows me, and I just go and do my thing, and I just be. I'm just in my body. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. cool. Do you take classes or you do your own solo practice there? I, I take classes. Take classes there. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the process with um, like uh, collaborating with some of my old friends from different practices, and we're going to put together something cool. So um, we're practicing together and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh -huh. Yeah, a, um, my own personal practice is uh, is a yin style. Yeah. Um, when I when I'm at home, and I mean, as you know, like I work at a gym, so I'm, you know, I started out at Vita as just like the yogi, you know, <laughs> I sort of took over like Angela's like mantle as like the yogi for Vita. Yeah. Um, and uh, and while I was there, they're like, you know, you, you're gonna have to teach something besides yoga. This is a gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I I got into Pilates, as you know. Uh, and I was always, I mean, even before yoga, like I lifted weights. That was, that was one of the things that was wrong with my life is that I was taking out all my aggression and becoming an aggressive person, like lifting weights and developing all this testosterone and just wildly, yes, you know, I just remember. being aggressive. And, you know, the whole reason I got into yoga, cause I didn't, that wasn't working for me anymore. So it's kind of like a come full circle in a lot of ways, but a lot more mindful now. Um, and, uh. Um, and so at home, like when I'm done with the, that, that day or that week of just like lifting weights all the time, like there's nothing better than to just fall into like a posture and hold it for like three yes. minutes. It just feels amazing. And not only that, like feeling the sensation in your body, like actually feeling the sensations of your body. Yes. Um, because so much of like weightlifting especially is it's, it's explosive movement a lot. It's, it is in a lot of ways very yogic because you have to concentrate on the muscle fibers. You have to concentrate on what you're doing. It's not just like blind repetition. You actually have to take your time or else you're going to injure yourself. And you have to breathe. And you have to breathe. Exactly. A lot of people, mm -hmm. I, that's especially, that's the thing I tell a lot of people when they come into my yoga class and all they know is weightlifting. I'm like, you're breathing in here. Just as important as it is out there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same function, right? Um, and so when I get home, it's, 
you know, I sit in a forward fold or I sit, you know, in Johnny Shashasana and, you know, just allow the sensation of like feeling my hamstring stretch be good without the, you know, attitude of, okay, this feels good, but if I go further, it'll feel better. Yeah, no. You know, like just staying with the good sensation is okay, you know? I remember when you were a brand new budding yogi <laughs> with your gigantic muscular thighs. That and, you know, and your ti- the tightest hamstrings in town. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. Do tell us more. Maybe. I'm <laughs> sure they want to hear. Yes, I'm sure people would love to hear these stories. No, it was great. I mean, like, but you. I mean, again, you just you just had like a really muscular, tight physique. You know, you're in great shape. You still are in great shape. You're just you're in a different type of shape now. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. just remember. I mean, I just remember like it was yesterday. I remember when you first came to class and. You know, I, re- I remember you because you're like your big tattoo on your leg. And I was like, okay, this guy is like these gigantic thighs and these huge arms. How's this going to go? You know? Mm-hmm. And it went great. You kept coming back and then you did your training. Look at you now. I know. I know. It, does, it seems like a really long time ago, like a lifetime ago. That was a long time ago, though. Yeah. Um, do, you miss, do you miss Stroga a little bit? Oh, R.I.P. <laughs> right? <laughs> There were some good times at Stroga. You know what I mean? Like what a what a what a space. Yeah. What a beautiful space. I mean, had some great trainings there. You know, great big trainings there, and we all had great big classes there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that was back in the that was back in the Groupon craze. Oh remember? yeah. Um, oh yeah. Where we had like eighty people in class, yeah. like on a weekly basis. Yeah. Though this was like like and for me, like it was the first time I'd ever experienced yoga, and so I just thought, okay, like. <laughs> People go in groups of 80 to, like, take <laughs> yoga. You know, that's what I became accustomed to. Yeah. Like, wrong. Yeah. Too bad we weren't getting paid by the head back then. Yeah. For I, 80 people. That'd I be a different story. I had heard that, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Right. Um, but, no, it was so great, the energy in that room. And, you know, they had, you know, you would have th- three, sometimes four assistants, like, there to help, you know, with the class. And, I mean, that was just a cool way to practice yoga, man. Oh, I remember that was my, I was teaching there when my first teacher training program was going on. And, you know, with that many, you know, people needing assist and people to practice on, that was a great place, you know, to have Mm -hmm. those nice large classes. And you could have, like you said, four or five assistants at one time. Now you really just can have one or two, Mm -hmm. you know. It was one of those classes where you could, you could turn the heat up and like we had control over the heat in there and you could like blast the heat and. You know, everybody, there'd be 60 people in the room. It would be 100 degrees, and everybody didn't feel like you were sweating on each other. It was just you could actually be in your own little space and yet enjoy the space with everybody else. And, yeah, I really loved that that, that practice area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've – I don't know if I've ever experienced a, p- a place like that, but then my experience is sort of limited to the D.C. area. So Yeah. I haven't I – haven't, um, I've practiced in a space that large um, and taught in a space that large, but not of its grandeur and beauty and beauty, mm-hmm. you know, with a natural light and, you mm-hmm. know, that yeah. makes it all worthwhile. Doesn't it though? Yeah. Do you ever have, um, do you, do you still like accept new gigs or are you pretty much teaching at the places where you've always taught at this point? Um, you know, it's so funny. I, I just, like I said, I, I, I have my fingers in a lot of different things right now. I'm, I'm teaching at a country club up in Northwest, and I have, you know, my students are predominantly um, from like 60 years old to 75 years old. Yeah. I have one class and these amazing human beings, 
And I teach at this weird ass time, like three thirty on a Wednesday. And I have, you know, six people in there and I'm just delighted to see them and they're happy to see me, yeah. you know, and I feel I very I'm strong. Pre- I'm pretty sure you just blew the minds of every Mimi Rieger, like yoga <laughs> student <laughs> that you're teaching a group of senior citizens yoga. Listen, yeah. <laughs> listen, let me tell you something right now to my when I went full time. I was, you know, I had I, I had all sorts of gigs. You know, I mean, I, I had a tennis. You know, I taught a yoga tennis program out at this tennis center in Maryland. I had two guys, a couple that were, I think they were 75 when I started training them. And they were partners, and I would train them at 7 o'clock in the morning, Monday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And they are still my dear friends to this day. But I was teaching those guys. I mean, I... My my creed is anyone that wants to do yoga, I'll show up for you. As long as you want to do it. Now, if you're going to half-ass it, I'm not sure I'm very interested in teaching you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if you really want to practice with your soul, you know, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Tell, us what, tell us what you guys do in your yoga class up in... Uh one up in Maryland for the oh. 60 to 75 year olds. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you guys do. Yeah. yeah. We do a lot of stuff on um, getting up and down from the floor. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, as you age, it's balance and core strength. And, you know, God forbid that you take a fall, you want to be able to get back up from the floor. So we do a lot of stuff, you know, for core strengthening, balance postures, um, you know, coming up from the floor to standing, best ways to do that, mm-hmm. locomotion of the body, keep the hips nice and Nice and spacious, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it's great. I mean, and you know, and the thing that I love the most is they all, all these students are amazing. They all have their very, um, they're all very confident in their personalities. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're they're fully developed. You know, and they, if they don't like something, let you know. And if they, if there's, there's a better way for me to teach it that might land, they'll let me know. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sharper. Yeah, you it's know? great to have that feedback, uh-huh. right? I'll bring it back somewhere else. I'll use it somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. So it keeps me on my toes, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, are you, how many classes are you teaching now? You um, back a little bit? About 22. 22. Yeah. And you never and you never wanted to teach anything else? Not Pilates? Not Look, stuff, I've been not trying, anything? I mean, I've begged and pleaded to, to teach Pilates to many, many different places, and it never seems to happen. I never am able to get to the, the I've even talked to you about teaching yeah. Pilates. Um, I can never seem to get to the trainings. Yeah. I always seem to have something else going on. It's not for lack of interest. Right. I really, I'm obsessed with the re- reformer. That's what I really want to yeah. do. But that's like, it takes you a keep, long time. You keep time. threatening to come take class with I know. me. We'll get you there someday. I know. I'll do it. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. I mean, I was, I was doing it privately when I, after I had my first knee surgery, I was, you know, was yeah. doing reformer three days a week to rehab my knee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause one of the things I, I did when I first graduated, I did, I sort of did what every, not every, but a lot of, um, yoga students who really catch the teaching bug do, which is I just took every gig I could possibly find yeah. because I figured that, uh, if I didn't, like if I pass that up, I might not get another one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know? And so I did that too. And I was teaching 15, 18 classes a week. Um, and man, I did that for like two or three years. And whew, I mean, I just. That's before you became a manager? Is that before Vita? No, that was even during it, yeah. Um, that was before I, I started teaching Pilates, before I started teaching group fitness. Um, mostly until, almost until about two years ago, I was doing that. Um, and uh, 
I taught learning Pilates and learning group fitness. I got my group fitness certification, so I teach that now. Um, and uh, I mean, the amount of energy it just takes to hold space like in that many classes during the week is just, I found it like so uh, um, satisfying uh, and yet so draining mm-hmm. um, in the best way, meaning that at the end of the day, I feel completely at ease and peaceful. Like I've done something that's done good for the world. Um, I've made myself happy. I've helped other make other people make themselves happy. Yes. Um, and I'm completely drained. And now I need <laughs> to go to sleep. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I found that doing that um, was great, but that over time it was just sort of like, wow, like this is a lot to hold on to mm-hmm. and then let go of, hold on to and let go of, hold on to and let go of. And, and that just, um, after a while I was like, all right, you know, and like you, I was teaching six days a week, sometimes seven mm-hmm. days a week. And I was like, all right, first thing I do, I got to have two days off. I got to have two yeah. days off. Um, and the other thing is I've got to teach something besides yoga because like I've got to do something that's, that's just purely like, okay, for the next three minutes, you're going to do push-ups. You're going to do sit-ups. You're going to do, you know, yeah, yeah. you've got to do something where you're just, you're just a coach and yeah. you're not, you know, you don't sort of hold yourself responsible for other people's, yeah. you know, doing. And maybe that's also because I'm too much of an emotional person, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like I had to, I had to do that. Um, yeah. And I will say this. I mean, I think the one thing that's kept me going as long as I have, as far as ta- teaching this many classes, um, is that I teach it so many different places that the energy is different. You know what I mean? I, I'm just not in the same place. If I had to teach in the same room every day, all day, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to make it this long. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, the, it's because I am seeing different types, you know, different groups of people, you know, in different spaces. And I have a little bit of reprieve in my car when I can listen to my podcast or music or whatever, mm-hmm. talk to my mom or whatever I need to do when, when I'm in, in the car or walking. So I have a little time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't get me wrong. I mean, I, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, I, I, I teach hard, I play hard, and I rest really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, you know, I know that I need to take, I know when I need to take time off. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're not busy shuttling uh, uh, students from one yoga studio to I, the next. That's How did you know that? What? Because <laughs> you used to do that for me and Lena. <laughs> you used to, like, take us no. from... Studio DC to like Stroga and our multiple, we would take three or four yoga classes a day. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, that, my, yeah. If that car could talk, I'm sure <laughs> we'd seen, seen the likes of some, some different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit uh, about, so you've been teaching yoga at Vita for how long? Since the doors opened. Since, since Vita became a thing, like at uh, Gallery, Gallery Place. Place. It was, and to tell you what, it was, I, um, I think I had the very first nighttime class at the studio, and that was when I was teaching Budokan a lot. And so that was the craze, and that was the big thing mm-hmm. um, that was going on at the time. And, yeah, and th- that was such a hot gym. It was such a cool gym when it first opened because there was nothing like it. Yeah. There was nothing like it. I still love that gym. Who was – and what, Aaron was the general manager or something? Was Maybe. He the, was he was a membership th- consultant or something? He was a membership guy. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think. I saw one of the guys that used to be one of the membership guys on the street the other day in Chevy Chase. Um, I'm trying to remember because he didn't stay for a long, long time. Chris. I can't remember, but yeah. I mean, how long have they been open now? Like nine years? Ten years? So we just celebrated our 10th anniversary, anniversary, I think, a year and a half ago. So yeah, we're coming up on 12 years, yeah. 
Yeah. I was just a mere 22-year-old back then. Not really. Yeah. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to age myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I, do you have any stories from back then? What type of stories, Chris? I don't know. Anything you want to share. Well, nothing, nothing that'll get you or I fired. Though. Yeah, no. I mean, anybody that teaches that is taught in that in that uh, inner fitness studio, a gallery place, knows that that back room where the music is, uh-huh. and like how the music never works back there, and that room is freezing. And it's never been clean. I don't know what it looks like now. I haven't taught in that space. I know what you're talking about. That little closet that's in the is back. Is that of how the they do the music still? No. So the music's outside now. Okay. So it's actually out in the, in the other corner where there's like no door, but that corner like in the side. That's where they have the music now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's changed a little bit, but that room is still like yeah, yeah, it's still back there. And I think it just holds like extra equipment and stuff and extra stuff they need to store. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I love that space. I was, you know, that was when I was big into martial arts stuff. I remember breaking my first couple, you know, boards there. Had my, you know, my belt test there. I have a lot of fond memories there. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, I love, uh, there aren't too many people who have been there since the beginning. So be I, there, yes, you know? and I have a trophy to prove it. You do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gigantic diamond trophy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I awesome. do. I do love working there. It's a. It's a. It's a fun place to work. I love it. I mean, I've. I've. I've, and they've been really supportive of my, of me and my program all these years, and just the stuff that I, you know, what I've been into. So, and the, you know, I think about this. I did do one of those group fitness trainings for like the kickboxing type mm-hmm. power punch. That I don't remember, what, but mm-hmm. it was like you had to. You had to like teach on like a at a script, and then whenever there was like this weird sound, like kapow, you had to like you know like call something or punch something. Yeah, it was choreographed. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't. I was I was uncoordinated because I was used to like you know training organically, mm-hmm. not by <laughs> not by a you mm-hmm. know like a record type. You know, like had to stay on track. Mm-hmm. That was short lived. Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning the uh, Les Mills body pump oh. right now. So it's the choreographed weightlifting, and it's it's fun, um, but uh, it it can be incredibly frustrating for somebody who's used to teaching a class based on who's in the class and like what everybody can do to move to something which is you must do this at this time at this speed yeah. at like the entire class. Yeah. yeah, it's very different. Yeah, for you as a teacher and for the student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting dance. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, So tell us about um, retreats coming up. You got a couple of retreats coming up. We got lots of stuff going on. Yeah. um, I I have this kind of traditional retreat. This will be my fourth year holding it uh, with my friend John Thurman. We have a retreat to Costa Rica in Fluosa. It's a beautiful um, retreat center. This is the fourth year, and that comes up next week. Mm-hmm. And then I have a retreat to Greece uh, with my friend Krista Block, who is based out of Charleston. And we are actually, we've sold out of the, the first week, so we're going to add an additional week, mm-hmm. which was her great idea, very enterprising of her to think that why don't, if we're already here, let's just see if they have more rooms for an additional week. Mm-hmm. And Is this the one that's on a sailboat? No, that's Croatia. That's a little different. I cannot okay. wait for that one. That's a whole new ballpark for me. So, so that one is just like, hey, we're gonna go like rent a sailboat and like sail for 
like 10 days, yeah? Yes, but it's it's actually just, it's a, one of those large, majestic 42 sail sailboats, you know, mm-hmm. a big one. I couldn't do the smaller sailboat where it's too rocky. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It has to be fairly substantial. Oh, I believe it, yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is um, the one to Croatia is in 2020, so there's a lot of time to plan for that one and save up for people that are interested. Um, but yeah, we had we have to kind of get deposits in to secure it early on because it is kind of a big endeavor mm-hmm. to rent like a fourth of a boat. Yeah. yeah. And that, is that going to be yoga at all or that's just going to be like a kind of like a let's explore adventure type? Both. It'll boat. be predominantly culture. Okay. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've done a lot of like culture and ret- yoga retreats. Mm-hmm. I've done just strictly yoga retreats. Now, I'm, you know, I'm loving traveling so much. Might as well just have both. You know, I, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have my own retreat coming up again, so yeah, yes, I do you know, have, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Those photographs of the one that you guys do, and is it Saint Lucia? Saint Lucia, yeah. We go to Saint Lucia every year. Um, it's pretty nice. Like I, when I was re- when I was researching kind of where to go, and actually Lena was the first one to to start researching this. Um, when I was researching, I was kind of like, oh, you know, you can uh, have this cabin in Guatemala, and you're gonna like you know, eat fresh coconuts and have like guacamole and, you know, you're going to just totally turn off. And like, almost seemed like every retreat was like, come sit on the beach and like, you know, eat, eat avocados while you, you practice yoga five hours a day. And I thought to myself, that's fun. Yeah. I've done that. I have done that. Yeah. Um, but why don't I do a retreat where you actually like, you know, pamper yourself, you know, like where you go stay in a really nice room that like they clean every day and like you can have, you know, a buffet of like everything you could possibly want to eat and you could get like, you know, massages every day and just sit on the beach if you wanted. And that was sort of like the idea behind doing the retreat to St. Lucia, which was, you know, not your, you know, your, your not your ordinary yoga retreat. Yeah. I mean, when I, I, my Hawa, who you know, um, he and I did a, um, a retreat to Bali last year and talk about a re- a literally people were having two massages a day in Bali because they're so <laughs> inexpensive. Yeah, exactly. Like $7, $10. And if people were having like two, four hand massages, people were going nuts on the massages. You could just like, mm-hmm. you're just there the whole time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do a little tour. I'm going to do some yoga. And then I'll be at the massage place for like three hours. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you at dinner. Like that was the big, that's the fantastic. Big thing. Was yeah. that your first time to Bali? Hopefully like, not my last. The, uh, the 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 Pacific Mecca of yoga yeah. right, is Bali. Yeah. What's it like over there? The people are the kindest. They have the sweetest eyes and the biggest smiles I've ever seen. And dogs everywhere, and motorbikes everywhere. Mm-hmm. But then if you're if you get out if you get out a little bit more, like we we took a house after the retreat. Ten of us took a house and stayed for an additional like five days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely magical. You know when you're out of like you know the really. Um, trafficy areas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stunning um and then you also teach a lot of festivals too are you planning to yeah you know i haven't done any festivals in the last couple of years uh last year i didn't do any i was asked to do a couple i didn't because i was in california on my on my time mm-hmm. off um what's, and that that, was what's that like is that just like is that like you just like go up there you do like a huge ted talk or something you know what i mean like you're standing up in front of 200 people you've never seen before like in this tent what are the festivals yeah like what are they like i loved the festivals um i loved uh wanderlust specifically because you you were able to pair with musicians 
and I, I came very friendly, very friendly with a lot of really cool either DJs or like live, you know, mu- musicians. Mm-hmm. So that was a really cool way to to spend time. And you just it's like going to summer camp. Like you see people you haven't seen in years. You see people that have moved away or, um, you know, don't live in your in your area anymore. And mm-hmm. they happen to live, you know, doing a, a festival somewhere and they're there. I don't know. I, I, I loved it. Um, and I the thing is, like we talked about this right before I came on air. Big crowds don't scare me. It's getting behind the microphone <laughs> in front of a camera that scares me. Yeah. So I've had to do that recently as well. And, you know, I finally got through that. But, you know, being on, you know, videos and speaking into a camera. Yeah, that's hard. right. For your, That's right. Tell us about that. So it was for Yoga International. That's that right. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you were doing, were you breaking down poses? What were you doing? I just teaching, you know, just teaching, teaching my classes. thing, like just teaching different si- types of classes. And it was a, re- a really cool platform because... We had classes that were, you know, 20 minutes long. We had one called Morning Burst. And then we had like an hour and a half long one. We had, you know, a few different workshop type things. Um, so that, that to me was growing um, as, a, as, a, as a teacher and as an individual because I did have to kind of face my fears and get comfortable yeah. either seeing myself on film or hearing myself. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I did when I first started teaching. I don't know who told me this, but I, when I first started teaching, I recorded every class that I did. Oh, yeah. and I, would, I would listen to myself, and it was the most harrowing thing <laughs> in the world, was yes. listening to my, my awful, awful yoga instructions, you know, three months after I graduated yoga teacher training. It's a very program. smart tool, though. It, it, it was uh, invaluable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just glad that I erased all this off the files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's somewhere, there's somewhere in the cloud. But That's this is right. Pre-cloud. Exactly. If I ever run for president, they'll yeah. they'll play those, and I'll, I will, I'll have to. Bow, at least you're getting yourself out, out there. Yeah. You know, at least you have a platform. That's right. It's your early platform. Um, yeah. No. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit more, like what's going on um, for the future, like. Well. Teaching, teaching, teaching. Yeah, teaching. You know, I've I've thought about doing a three hundred hour, like writing a curriculum. I thought that I was that's what I was going to do in California, mm-hmm. but I ended up just relaxing and playing tennis and drinking wine. And you know, I, I taught a little bit. I loved being out in California because I was teaching. It made me realize um, how much I miss teaching because I was only teaching about two or three classes a week mm-hmm. in comparison to twenty two classes a week. And I missed it. I missed it a lot. And I didn't feel as purposeful as I, as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I'm into now moving forward is teaching, certainly, and continue doing training programs. That's my heart and soul, teacher training programs. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to, like, listen to myself as well and my creativity. You know, I love design. I love interior design. I, that's mm-hmm. kind of something I'm getting my fingers into a little bit now. So, um, you know, still doing yoga, still doing my stuff, but also honoring my curiosity, like I talked about very early on in the podcast. Have you ever done a silent retreat? I have. Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> I could imagine that would be kind of challenging oh, for you. Man. you know, I'm, I'm very much <laughs> of an introvert, but uh, um, I read a ton, and um, it was a five-day. It wasn't a 10. It mm-hmm. wasn't... Um, Vipassana. Yeah, it wasn't a Vipassana. It was a 10. Yeah. I mean, it was a five, so I eased myself into it. It was at this awesome um, retreat center in California in the Redwoods. And so I took a ton of walks, and uh, I loved it. I could have gone 10. I could have gone, gone 10 for sure. 
10 days. Something you, that scares the hell out of me yeah. thinking about that. I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't have a problem at all. I think the, the sitting, the, the thing that really got me was the meditation because of my knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I would get myself as comfortable as I could, you know, we were sitting at least four times a day for at least an hour at a time. So that, that kind of got to me, the knee part. But mm-hmm. the sitting part, I'm good. And the yeah. quiet part, I'm, I listen to myself all day long. Speak. <laughs> I'm, I don't miss my voice. Anything to escape I can assure that. you of that. I don't. I don't miss my voice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you're also doing um, something with Alicia Moyer. Yes, yeah. the Joyful Teacher Project. Yeah. Um, we have that going on starting at the end of February. And it's a very small group, about twelve people, and you know it's for it's for te- teachers, uh, certified teachers that maybe really miss their cohort. They miss the people that they graduated with. They miss that community. They miss Mm -hmm. the sharing. They miss the inspiration. They miss that kind of gentle nudge and what's really on your heart. What's really, you know, you know, what would make you tick a little louder, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, or what scares you the most about teaching? You know, have you taught something that scares you? You know, let's have an anatomy apportion. Have you teach anatomy? I mean, that's not my strong suit. I always bring someone in that that's their jam. That's their the mm-hmm. anatomy geeks. I bring someone because they love it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. So I don't, I, you know, I want to get stronger at things where I, it's not my, you know, my strongest self in teaching, but I do also believe in bringing in the, the, the professionals to do their job, you know, mm-hmm. but the part of the project is to encourage people to step out of their comfort zone a lot. Yeah. And, that's you know, cool. yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. Um, I could think of uh, a lot uh, worse things to do than spend a weekend with Alicia Moore. I know. <laughs> I adore her. I, I had to listen to her podcast before I came on yeah. because, you know, she just, I just ramble and she's very, you know, very deliberate with her words. Mm-hmm. And that's a true gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she really is. Um, all right. Any kind of like resources that, um, that you really turn to again and again, like whether it's books or um, podcasts or um, to kind of maybe not so much for reflection, but like yoga resources that like you turn to websites, et cetera, that you kind of, you know, I'm sure you know this about me, Chris, but I'm, I'm not a social media person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit from the old school. Yeah. I'm trying to eat, lean into it, but it's been, <laughs> social media has been going for a, some time and I still haven't called on, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I listen to podcasts, but I listen to a lot of pod. I mean, I do listen to Jay Brown mm-hmm. and I'll listen to this one because mm-hmm. I, cause I like all, I mean, I, I know most everybody that's been on. So yeah. I'm like, Hey, what are they going to say? You know, <laughs> I think it's cool. I still need to catch up on quite a few. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts on entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and, because uh, I'm how I built this is that oh, one of them one or of my favorite is that one yeah oh yeah yeah a couple of years ago I was I was you know now I've listened to them all and I'm not sure I think they need to have a new season or something but um, I listened to Oprah's masterclass I listened to you know Tim um, Ferris you know I, I just but I mostly listen to things that keep me guessing because I I've got another huge project I mean like I was saying I have the seven year itch right now I've got something something brewing yeah. Probably two different things brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, uh, you know, I love, I love, uh, you know, the, that entrepreneur spirit about, you know, if you fail, it's cool. You just get up and do something different or you do the same thing, but do it in a different way, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. Don't give up hope. No, absolutely. Um, and then, um, yeah, your own website, right? We already went over this, mimirieger.com. They can find Mimi all Rieger the... MimirieregerYoga.com. Mimi Rieger Yoga. Sorry. That's okay. Um, and you can find all the information about all your retreats and stuff coming up on there, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the new teacher training program, the, the fall dates are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have a couple of... Uh, the Joyful Teacher Project is on there for sure. I have a couple of workshops that aren't on there yet. Um, my other passion is flowers. You probably have known that, seen that stuff mm-hmm. through my social media stuff if I ever post. But I have a little thing coming up called Petals and Poses. <laughs> cool. What's that <laughs> yeah. all about? So it's just, you know, doing yoga and then flower arranging after. Yeah. Like doing a cool yoga flow and then flower arranging yeah. uh-huh, in the spring. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So any, any kind of final thoughts, anything you want to share? You know, this is what I encourage my my teacher trainees. Just just share and teach with as many people as you can. You know, any little bit happen. You know, any little bit matters, mm-hmm. even if it's five minutes. You know, even if it's you know when doing helping my eighty four year old mother now she's eighty five. You know, doing you know bridge pose in the middle of a, a flood. Just get people moving. You mm-hmm. know, because it's awareness and consciousness mm-hmm. and you know, we start that and, you know, our world is better and safer and more inspirational, you know, each day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, all right, Mimi, it was so great to have you on. Yay, Chris. Um, <laughs> you've been uh, listening to the DC Yoga podcast. Um, and if you have questions for me, comments, uh, you can find me at dcyogapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later next time. Bye. <laughs>